It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Every year, I have the great privilege to talk to my guest today. He is considered a spiritual pioneer and one of the world's most celebrated and respected spiritual teachers working today. Every time he's on my show, I'm forever changed with a whole new perspective on life. I am thrilled to welcome back to my show. And I get chills when I say that every time, James Van Prague. Thank you, Wendy. Wow, that's such a great introduction, and thank you. I look forward to speaking to you every year, too. It's my highlight. It, no, <laughs> so it, really, it really it's is. It's like an old friend. <laughs> it's, it's just, it re- I, I'm telling you, and you're doing so many new things since we talked last. Yeah, yeah, I have a school online. I have the JVP School of Mystical Arts, which I have over 25 different courses of all different types of like from healing to intuition to transforming your life to um, loving oneself, you know, unconditional loving oneself, how to do that, life tools for the highly sensitive person, all different types of um, ways and ways in to get back to who we are, loving ourselves and living living a spiritual life in this human world <laughs> because it's not easy. It's, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely. Definitely not easy, and I, and so that's like such a great thing for everybody for you to do this online. I had to reach a lot of people. You know, I have a lot of people from all over the world that really want me to go there and teach them, but I can't go all over the world. I'm too old. I'm too tired. <laughs> <laughs> I've done that. So I'm, it's a way of reaching people from from really from countries in Africa, from Australia, Japan, uh, even China's come in lately, and wow. Europe, of course, Canada, and so it's a good way for them to take these courses in a way it's over 60 videos per course I mean I really get my blood sweat and tears and my kidney to get do this because I give everything in these courses so yeah, it takes me about a month to do each course because it's over 60 videos homework assignments actual meditations so I do a lot of stuff with them it's very thorough so it's called the JVP School of Mystical Arts and that's going to be my legacy you know oh well besides many many other things but I have to say um, I did one of them last night what <laughs> I I, I I was on, I was following one of them last night. Oh, were um, you? Yes. I'm like, well, you know how you, you, you can YouTube you and you're there. And it's like, I, I want, and I'm like, I, I went through your whole, one of your whole sessions. And I was like, what? this is like, you're, forget that I get to talk to you every year. Like you, I could talk, I could do this every night. Right. <laughs> it, it becomes my obsession. <laughs> but, but you're easy. You're open. You're easy. You, you, you know, you want it. You have that natural sense of discovery. You want to understand things and, and that's how we grow and learn. So it's, that's just who you are, which is great. Oh, but I have to say, though, y- you have taught me so much. Thank you. Uh, you know, Thank about you. manifesting, about, you know, my purpose in this life. And, um, you know, what you put out there is what you get back. Um, and yeah, and the biggest thing, Wendy, which you probably know, I've told you, told you and everybody about this, one of the biggest things that I've 
that I've learned and helped me and helped everybody I talked about is is that sense of what other people think of you is none of your business because it really isn't. You know, we're, we're raised in a, in a society, you know, we come into this world as like these lovely souls, two, three years, four years of age, five years of age, innocent, happy, joyful, and then like six, seven, or eight, we have to go to school and we got to learn rules and we got to partake and be approval of other people, doing one thing to be approved, to be loved, and we get to the whole programming thing of you got to do this to be loved, to be accepted, to be approved. And some people take it the rest of their lives looking for approval from others. And then they get to the middle part of their life, like, why aren't I happy? And it's because they've been living their life for other people instead of themselves. So what other people think of you is none of your business. And that's that's a really good one. Uh, that's a really good one. And I try to instill that in my two kids as well. Right. Um, and, you know, right. it's, it's in, and let's talk about that for a second before we get on to everything else. You, um, we talk, we have to take responsibility for our thoughts our feelings, what we put out there, right? You bet. Our thoughts, our thoughts are like the Bible said, or I was raised, I was raised Catholic, so it was our thoughts, words, and the golden rule, the thoughts, words, and deeds. Thoughts, words, and deeds, because thoughts, they're very real, they're very powerful. They're, just because we don't see them in this three-dimensional world doesn't mean they exist. It's almost like the spirit world, they exist on another level. You see people's thoughts on another level, you can right. see them. So this is really interesting. My friend Olivia passed over, and we used to be just great friends, and used to sit in meditation circles together, and we had a, uh, this uh, agreement that when one of us goes over, either one, they have to come right back and tell the person exactly what it's like. And she did that. I was driving my car and all of a sudden her face on my windshield. I'm like, oh, damn it, you didn't. But you better not have died. It's, oh, I'm not the dead one. You are. Which is the first thing she said. And it was 12 o'clock noon. And I said, you, you're dead. And I said the B word. <laughs> How dare you? You know, just goofing with her. I get home, look at my emails and her daughter wrote me from Australia and she said, I have some sad news. My mother passed over 12 o'clock noon your time. And, of course, I wrote her back and said, I know. And then Olivia brought me through this whole experience of her past going to the other side. And she said, James, it was just so amazing. It was just, I'm in the theater. And people are looking up at a screen. And I walk into the screen. And I become aware of all these beautiful flowers that are growing in these colors. And I'm met by all these people who I had influence with in, in their life. And from the littlest thing, like opening the door for someone, for smiling at somebody, for doing a kind act to somebody, stuff I forgot. 50, 60 years ago. So all that comes to meet us when we pass over. Isn't that... Um, what a story. So that's why we got to be responsible for thoughts, words, and deeds because we want a good reunion. We don't want a bad reunion. We want, we want one to be happy. We don't want people that are like, oh, that we, that we screwed over. Like, oh, I just sorry. I don't, you know, we, don't want, we don't want that. So that forces us to be, you know, mindful of our thoughts, how we treat another person, how we, we act. And then what's helped me, sweetheart, is um, and lately probably the past month or two, I've used the phrase that we need to live from the inside out. Wow. So I'm like, you know what I mean? Like our heart out, God, our God light out. And try to find that God light in each person that you meet every day, you know? Because every person that comes into your life every single day is either a student or a teacher. And that's how we should look at it. A student or a teacher. I, yeah. I, you know, I from from many of the things that you taught me, and that was very powerful, that story you just shared with us, James. I yeah. learned that, like, I don't wish anything bad on anyone. I wish for everybody, every, I, this is what I always say, and I don't know if this is right, I say, I wish for you everything. 
That's great. Is that a good? Great. I try to it's, put that I out wish there. You everything. Yes, perfect. I wish for you everything. Everything that makes you know, everything. It's exactly right. So setting an intention, setting a prayer. A prayer is an intention. Same thing, just a different word. It's an intention. It's a prayer. It's a wish. Same thing. And you never want to wish anyone bad because you're wishing bad to yourself then. Because really we're all connected. And, and the, you know, that word karma, yes. it's really what that means is, is the energy you give out is what you're going to get back. And it's just that's the way it is. You're creating, so you'll create a certain energy. So you want to give positive energy to the world. You want to make someone's life better. Every person you meet, their lives should be better in some little way just by meeting you. So whether it's a smile, whether it's a nice thing you say, every person you meet, their life should be a little bit better. Is that's it? a good one, too. That <laughs> is a really good one. And I, I and I, coming I, up with these. This is interesting. Yeah, I, I, I think that I read this, or we talked about last time. You said when we pass away, we will meet all the people we wronged. That's exactly right. They will be the first ones to meet you. <laughs> so you really don't want to be mean. You want to be you kind. Don't. Exactly. You don't want to be, you don't want to have that experience. And the thing I, I said also, which is, I can really go back, which is so powerful, is because we live right now in a three-dimensional world. This human world, it's a three-dimensional world. It's measured by time, right? There's a time. But in the spiritual level, when you get over to the other side, you want to call it that, there is no time. So all you have is your thoughts. Your mental, this is a physical world, that's a mental world. So what makes things go over there is mental thoughts. And you have to deal with all the thoughts that you created while you were on the earth. They meet you, those people, those people you wronged, they'll meet you. They'll say, why did you take my name in vain? Why did you do this to me? You know, and that's going to be a hard one for a lot of people. And that's, that's heaven or hell, by the way. You know, people often ask, what's heaven or hell? That could be your heaven. If you lived a decent life, you did the best you possibly could, you tried the best you could, that's fine. That, that's heaven. But if you went out of your way to hurt somebody and was negative and really went out of your way consciously to hurt somebody, that'll be your hell. You'll have to deal with that when you pass over. Isn't that, now you make it very clear. But honey, it wouldn't it that if the world leaders knew that, if people knew that, don't you think the world would be a better place? that they took responsibility for their thoughts and, and their actions, would it be a better world? Absolutely. I wish you could be the President of the United States. I wish you were the... Yeah, no, thanks. <laughs> I know, no, thanks, but could you imagine? I'm, yes, could I... Could you imagine a world like that? And wouldn't that be great that the people have to be responsible for their, their thoughts and their words and their actions? That, that oh my God, it would, it would change things up. And I do think, Wendy, generations from now, time, who knows how much longer, maybe 50 years, 100 years, who knows I think that that consciousness will happen I think that that awareness will happen because I think people are starting to wake up now because now I'm a medium and now mediums are very popular and yoga is very popular you know yes. in my day herbal tea was a weird thing so, yeah, you know, so things have changed you know so I think one day hopefully that, that awareness will be out there with people if you just you know I'm talking to renowned psychic medium spiritual teacher New York Times best selling author I learn something new every time I talk to Every time I read about you, um, God, you've written so many books. Uh, I'm sure there's another one coming. There's one called Wisdom from the Guides. That was my last one that came out last, I think, in November. Where, how do you have the time? Um, I, I put the time aside in the afternoons to write, or early in the morning, very early in the morning when I first wake up because of that, that slumber state, because I'm not a morning person, but I'm in that kind of that consciousness of a slumber state, so I'm a little bit more open to receiving information, so I just write, like, really quickly, and then later in the afternoon, I like that, and then I, I just, you know, it's really funny, but I'll, I just start writing really quickly, just, like, 
hands on the keyboard and I outline everything I do first. That, that helps a lot. So the beginning part, then the starting point, and middle and an end. So I know that I have a focus for an end. So um, actually right now, I'm, I'm putting the book aside and I'm writing a musical right now. You are? I'm writing a spiritual musical. How awesome is that? It's, a sli- it's called a, like a slice of life. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. A brilliant title. Oh my! I can't wait for that. I'll be the first. I'll be the first. You'll, oh, you'll be. You'll know all about it. Believe me. Oh my God! I'm thinking about maybe going to Richfield and working on it there. So who knows? You'll know about it. Oh my God! Uh, maybe I'll start. Maybe I'll be able to be part of it. Maybe I'll be part of it. You'll play an angel. I would love to be. Oh my God! Wow. How yeah. exciting. I've always wanted to do it. It's been a bucket list item. And um, now that this, I did the school, and now I want to do this. And, you know, what I want to do in my life, and I'm sure you probably do as well, you want to accomplish everything that you put your mind to, you want to accomplish in some way. Yeah. And, and that's what I'm, you know, that's going to be 16 August. And I can look back at my Happy life and say, wow, birthday. I've done everything that I've really wanted to do, pretty much. So the musical's the last thing. <laughs> well, well, we have a, well, there'll be other things. Let's don't say that just yet. But there'll be other things. There'll be other things. I, I'm, I'm on board with whatever you do. doesn't matter. I'm designing gardens now. I have a garden. I have a, a company called Healing Gardens. And actually, this is a pretty trippy thing. I go to people's houses. I already had my first client, and it's really great. I go to people's houses, and I meet them, and I look at their auric field, the aura, the energy around them, and I become aware of what they're depleted in, and I design a garden accordingly with the colors that they need to refresh or empower them. And it's like a meditation garden they can go to and sit Jeez. and get that color in their aura. Field. How in the world did you come up with that? That is amazing. <laughs> I know. Right? Oh my God! When you, when you when you come close to Richfield, you're coming here to do it for me, please. Yes. Oh my gosh. Um, no problem. We do a whole show around it. I do have a feeling, honestly. I do have a feeling. I do get this feeling that within two years' time, I will be part time on the East Coast. <gasps> and maybe that's because of the show. I'm not sure, but I I just get that sense, and I've and it's only come recently that that sense. That I'll be, you know, part time there, part time the West Coast, part time the East Coast. So yeah, oh that, that, I'll that, be that, your, that out to the universe and materialize it's, that. It's out in the universe, <laughs> and I'll be I'll be the first one waiting on your doorstep wherever you are. Tell us why you all exciting things, by the way. Why do you think you were chosen as a medium? I, I just think that you know, every one of us as souls having this human experience and I think before we come back into this life that we prepare for an upcoming life and I think I maybe had other lifetimes in religious lifetimes or spiritual lifetimes where we learned all different types of disciplines and um, and I came back to do this work as a medium. Now this is really a weird case okay, so I'll go into this whole thing with you because I think you'll love this. I I, I worked with a, a past life regressionist called Brian Weiss, a very well well known yes. uh, prominent figure in that in that world, and we did a, a cruise together with a bunch of group of people. And he had an exercise for everybody. He said, "Ask why you're you know ask any question you you want to ask when you when I put you under." And he counts you down, and he he goes to this meditative uh, state. And I just sat in the back and said, "This is not going to happen to me. This won't work for me." But oh well, what the heck? I'll try it. So I tried it, and what I asked was, um, "He's supposed to see past lives or a past life that's significant to this life." So I asked, "Why am I doing this type of work? Why am I a medium? Why do they come back to be a medium talking dead people for a living? And why would I do it in a public forum on television? Because I'm I'm pretty shy, believe it or not. I'm pretty shy. It's like, why would I want to be doing this? Why Why do I have to do this?" 
And it was so wild because immediately I saw myself, a vision of myself, with my mustache and my eyes. That's all I saw. Really? And then I saw, like, um, I was a general. And I saw the uniform. And I was always a general. And the uniform changed over and over and over again. So the Prussian War, the French-Indian War, the American Revolution, the this one. And I was always a general. And I was always in charge to tell my men to go in and kill people. <gasps> So there are millions of people that were killed because of my command. So now I've decided to come back in this lifetime to heal millions of people about death. Wow. Wow. And that makes sense to me. That makes a lot of sense. A lot so that's of why I had to do it in that large scale, you know, that mass scale. You, apparently, <laughs> that's why you're who you are. I'm so, burning up some karma, honey. Yes, yes, you are. So, um, so when you when you do the past life regression, and and yeah. does that work with people that like I have a huge fear of heights and of, of elevators. Oh, well, definitely. So you might have had a past level where you were sacrificed and thrown off a cliff or you jumped or fell off something. That I, I understand that. Uh, yes, definitely. I was afraid of water for a long time, and I had a past life regression. And I was a galley slave, and we I drowned in the ocean in the, on a merchant, a merchant boat. So, yeah, these, these phobias that we have, these fears, they, many of them can be traced back to a past life experience, for sure. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, because the memory of it stays in the soul makeup. You know, it stays with us within our soul makeup. You're listening to What's Up with Wendy. I'm with James Van Prague. How do we ask our guides, our angels, to help us? Because we all have them, right? Every single person has guides. If you want to call them angels, guides, whatever you want to call them is fine. Those beings who, and this is really interesting because this is something people should know. Just because some people pass into the spirit world doesn't mean they have all the answers. That's something we should realize. And many times they are being taught from us down here how we will handle various situations. So just so people know that. But guides, angels, um, beings of light, whatever you want to call them, um, there are those beings who have never touched the ground, who are from other spaces and places planets, star systems. There are those people who are beings who, let's say they've lived, that they have a specialty, because all different types of guides are their specialty guides, which is, let's say, you're going to go to the medical profession. You will draw to you a spirit guide who knows all about the medical profession and will help to impress you to kind of um, open up to those abilities within yourself. Same thing with, even if you want to be a chef or an artist or a musician, these types of guides. There are also spiritual guides that we have to help us with our spiritual tasks, throughout lifetime. There are guides that help us with career. Um, so there are all different types of guides all the time. And we can ask them for help. Um, this book I just wrote, Wisdom of the Guides, it, it talks all about the different ways in to, to, to be aware that they're in your space and to ask them. And um, a great exercise that I, I tell people to do is to put themselves in this meditative space through breathing and then ask a guide of yours. And don't try to see who it is. Just ask a guide to appear behind you and you're closing your eyes and let them come and invite them into your space and let them touch the top of your shoulders and feel their energy and then ask them to come closer and they kind of merge with you and feel the energy that they come in with. That's where you can recognize what the energy is of that particular guide. And then you can ask them what they would like to leave you with, what message they'd like to leave you with. So that's way, one that's way of doing it. Pretty powerful. <laughs> do, we, do we know all of our guides or sometimes we don't? 
sometimes you're aware of them, sometimes you're not. Um, and, you know, they do change from lifetime to lifetime or from, you know, maybe you're doing gardening. You know, you wanted to do some gardening. You might, you would design a garden. Maybe you'll have a garden designer guide, a guy that comes with who specializes in that type of field that would be with you for that moment when you do that. When you finish with the garden design, they leave and move on to something else. So they're, they're called opportunity guides. They're coming for the various opportunities that you enter. So, But I think that everybody has a spirit team that works with them. They can also be loved ones that have passed over and also are relatives of yours, you know, right. for sure. So when we go to the other side. Yes. Do, and I think this is a question everybody asks, and I'm sure I've asked this again, but I think that people would want to hear it. You do, bet. Do we recognize, like, say, like, my grandmother, who I believe is my spiritual guide, and I believe she's always with me, and I feel her all the time, one of my grandmothers. You're exactly right. She's always with you. She loves jewelry. She loves hanging out with you. She, I don't know if you have a piece of jewelry, but something about jewelry she's, she's, she's on about. Well, with me, her scarf, with, it has pearls on it and is always with me. Okay. We just make, she, make she, it she, she's always with you. Always. Always, always, always. When I go, when I eventually go to in a thousand years to the other side, will she know me? Will she recognize me? Will like she? Does she look the same as how at the last night? Oh, like, not only will she be there, but they'll prepare for your passing. They'll prepare to meet you. It's it's like a reunion. It's like a, it's a party. They come and see you or with you. We could say a week or a few days before you pass over. They're they're getting ready for you. They prepare so that you'll see them exactly as they were, as you know them. And this is interesting too because some people say, you know, my natural parents, I'm adopted, but they're natural parents, but I never met them. But when you pass over, you'll, you'll see them, your soul will recognize them because you've had soul experiences with them from other lifetimes too. So there's a soul recognition. So you get to see everybody you shared this lifetime with because that vibration of love that continues on, that's what connects us. And they love us so much that they will come to get us. No one ever dies alone, and there's also no pain in death. No pain whatsoever. So that's something people should know, too. Wow. That's Leading up to death, like when there's a cancer or a disease that is in pain, yes, that's painful dying, per se. But God, in its wondrous way, whatever we call God, that source energy, has used inspiration. So inspiration means in spirit. So it has inspired scientists' minds to come up with chemicals and, and medicine, like morphine, that people can use so that they don't have to be in pain. Hello? Right. Hello. Exactly. Cause, use cause it. we're not meant to be in pain. We're not meant to be in pain. Yes. We're really not. Yes, use it. And how do we all find our soul? I think we all we all want to know what our purpose is, right? We all want right. to know. I mean, I like I'm just going to use me as an example for right now. Okay. My kids are going to college. I have a junior right. and a senior. So now, I my girlfriend even said to me, "So what do you? Who are you?" I'm like, I'm my kid's mom. I'm like, I don't even know anymore. After well, that's not really who you are. That's that's that title that you use. But that's not who you are. That's something you do, right? Your mother, right? Your mother. But so sole purpose, or so it is an easy, simple way. And and sometimes you know the simplest ways are the best ways to find out. So what I would say is make a list of five things, five items, right? That you love to do. That has you compassionate about. That you're really 
really, really a part of you. Like I told you earlier, gardening for me. I love doing that. Right. That's great. Musical, I love writing music. I'm writing a musical. I love, always have loved that. Um, spirituality, of course, I've always loved that. So those are things I'm compassionate. My sole purpose, obviously, I found it. But other people, your sole purpose, write down five things you love to do. And then you go to each one of those five things, and you can rate it from one to ten, ten being the best, one being the lowest. How do you feel about each one? And it's through that process you begin to understand and, and take away the layers and realize, oh, wow, that's what I love to do. So your sole purpose is your compassion, what you're passionate about. Because here's another one. Your soul is tucked neatly behind the heart. So what makes your heart sing is your soul's purpose. And does everybody have a soul's purpose? Oh, of course they do. They just don't come down here and, you know, just hanging out. <laughs> they, right. they come here because this is an opportunity down here. It's, it's hard in this three-dimensional human world because it's such a dense vibration and there's so much judgment here. And, you know, we get caught up with this, what's called distractions, distractions, or we try to have to be something we're not, getting approval from other people, or we think that success is money and cars and having it. And then we get that and you're like, that's not really what it is because you're heart isn't filled. So you've got to do something your heart is filled with. And everybody has a sole purpose. But you also have to have the faith and you have to have the courage to go in within and find out what that purpose is and then live it. Go for it. You know, just go for it. And don't you think everyone should do that? And everyone should Oh, totally, honey. Oh, without a doubt. Otherwise, they're wasting their time. Right. I, I can't tell you. I wrote a book called Unfinished Business once. And the reason I wrote that book was because I got so tired of spirits coming back and saying, oh, if only I knew then what I know now, I would have made better choices in my life. I would have loved myself more. I would have done something and take more, be more courageous about things and, and done things I never thought I could do. So, yes, without a doubt. The very first reading I did at Richfield Playhouse, I think it was four or five years ago. I still remember this, and I never remember reading readings, you know, messages, but I remember this one at the Ridgefield. So it was, um, I think it was Michael, I think it was. I said, there's a young boy here, Michael, around 22 years of age, and he tells me his dad is sitting in the second row and he's wearing his sneakers. And sure enough, there it was. There was a guy who said, yes, yes my son, Michael. So that's the type of thing that happens. So when I do the Ridgefield Playhouse, I teach people about, you know, how I work, what communication is. We're still having human experience. Stuff we've been talking about on the, on, you know, right here in the radio show. Same thing. I talk about different ways of living your life as a soul having human experience. How to step away from judgment. How to live in love, not fear. And it's just stuff that we all know, but I just remind people kind of. And then I go into a meditation with people. And then I give these messages. And let me tell you, Richfield, the past several years I've been there, the messages have been over the top. So I don't know if it's the energy of the place. It's got to be because it's been pretty cool. Do people so. just walk away? That was just my question to you. People what happens stunned. to live events? Well, clearly. <laughs> people are stunned. Deep. Yeah, they're stunned. They're really stunned. And they're like, they, it's so funny because they'll sit there at the end of the book signing, the book signing at the end, and they walk up to the table and they have this look on their face. And it, it's almost a hysterical thing. They look at me with their eyes just like wide open and their mouths drop and they're like in awe and they're like, that was just, I can't even explain it. You know, so it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's something which is an amazing life-changing experience. So that's why I do it. You know? I, and Richfield's been great. The Richfield, oh, it's the greatest place. It, it, it really, really is. is. The people I, are wonderful. The community's great. That's why I keep on going back there because out of all the places I've been to in, in the entire country, it's my favorite place and the girls that work there are my favorite. I, I have, yeah. You know what? Vanessa Williams says the same thing. 
Yeah. Yes, she, yeah, she says, it's not because I live so close. It's just that I love Paul Reiser, the same thing. He said the exact same thing. He, yeah. I mean, everyone that I've interviewed that has ever went there, same. And when I go there, I, I love it there. It's cozy. It's like being in New York City, but it's better. It feels like you're home. It feels like you're yes. back home, and it just it just feels that way. It feels like yeah, you feels like you're in a theater. Of course, it's that it's that's the feeling. But yet, it's all community, and it's just I, I don't I just like it. I just love it. It's just so, so great. Do you how do you mentally prepare for that? Because there, when you get there and you have an audience that size, I just drink a lot. No, I'm just, I'm just joking. Just joking. Just joking. Um, you know, I, I'm so used to doing this now, 35 years. So so what I do to prepare is right before I go out. On the stage, I put myself in this meditative state, mm-hmm. and when I, and that's changed too, by the way, over the years. It just recently has changed where I sit. In, it's called sitting in the power, and you're sitting in this space of bringing in this loving energy and, and, and connecting with your own soul and with your guides, and just sitting in the power, meaning being in this space of love. And recently, I've asked my guides to show themselves manifest physically to me in some way. So now I sit there for like I'd say 15 minutes. I swear to you, Wendy, it, the room is freezing, freezing cold, colder and colder and colder, and that's my way of knowing, that's the human mind, my human mind, that I know that they're there and I'm ready to begin, so it's pretty cool. That is you pretty know. cool, when, so you've been doing this for such a long time. 35 years. But when you, when, you, when you go to the grocery, when you walk, when you're just being like a, you know, like like me, like anybody, do you have, do, do they, do like, is there a time, and I'm sure there has been, that you're in the grocery store and you feel like you need to talk to someone? Like someone? You know, the only, but not really, because I, I really turn turn off. Okay. It's not like, it's not like Teresa Caputo, Long Island Medium, was always on. Yes. It's kind of like, that's not the way it should be, because one has to protect themselves. So it's, it's really, when you work, you have to turn on that switch of the mind, open up the mind, the awareness, and when you're finished, you close off. You close off that awareness. So when I'm in a public place, I'm pretty closed off with that. Except once what did happen, I was in um, Tennessee. Where am I, Tennessee? Uh, Nashville, Nashville. Flying from Nashville to L.A., and I was in the airport, and I see this spirit man, and he has these sunglasses on. He's walking around. I'm like, hmm, he looks familiar, that guy, but I don't know. He's a spirit. I'm not going to let him know that I know we can see him because, obviously, you know, he doesn't know that. So I go on the plane. I'm sitting next to this beautiful blonde lady, and I see the same spirit going back and forth, back up the aisle. I'm like, oh, my God, he's on this plane. He knows somebody here. Oh, my God. And this lady starts speaking to me during the flight. She was really, really nice. And she said, well, you know, my husband was Roy Orbison. And I'm like, oh, that's the guy who was going up and down the aisle, Roy Orbison. Oh, my God. And I didn't tell her because I didn't think it was appropriate to tell her. But I did say something, you know, I know he's around you. She knew who I was. And she yeah, said, you know, I'm sure he's around you because love never dies. And so that was the time that happened that time. Yeah. But I, I'd never go up to someone and say, there's a dead person behind you. <laughs> Watch out. Because yeah, it's all inappropriate. Be, you know, it's coming inappropriate. to get you. <laughs> you got to be respectful. Oh, I mean, my gosh. Awful. When you give these messages to people and especially I would say like the most heart wrenching ones when with, with their children. Um, well, how, yes. how do you, how do you handle that? Well, can I share one with you, which was like still will remain, except for the one with the shoes in Ridgefield. This is another one, which I'll never forget because, and I forget all of them because, you know, it's not my stuff. It comes in and goes out. But 
The children are the hardest for me because it's emotional. So I'm in Maui, I'm in Maui about two years ago, and I'm doing an event for about 200 people, I think it was, in this auditorium. And uh, I'm gonna cry just thinking about it. Yeah. I'm there on the stage. It's like towards the end. I guess it's the second part of the, the show, I guess. And this little spirit of this three-year-old girl is standing next to me. And she's jumping up and down. This blonde-haired girl in this pink dress, and she's jumping up and down. I want to talk to my mommy and daddy. I want to talk to my mommy and daddy. It's my birthday. It's my birthday. They're sitting back there. They're back there in the back row. So I said, "There's a little girl, three years old. It's her birthday. Your parent, parents in the back row." Sure enough, the parents stand up. They start crying. Yes, that's a little girl. And I said, and they gave she gave great evidence as children always do give great evidence and then she said at the very end daddy I want to thank you for the angels I love the angel tattoo thank you for the angel wing tattoo do you understand what that means sir and this guy who's this big old bulky guy beef beefcake guy he's he, he standing up he pulls off his t-shirt he turns around and his full back are two angel tattoos wings wings that he had tattooed for his daughter and for her birthday present <sighs> Uh, yeah, he did two days earlier, three or whatever it was, a week earlier. Yeah, not a dry eye in the house, and it was just like, OMG. It was, it was amazing. It was amazing. Uh, I don't even know if I can go on after you just <laughs> so It's a roller coaster my, ride in these events. My body is up in chills. Last year at Bridgefield, we had something like that, too, with someone's mom. I think some mother came through and talked to her daughter. You have my rosary in your in your purse right now. It's in the pocket, and she pulls out the rosary. And, you know, stuff like that happens a lot at Ridgefield. It's kind of wild, these wild emotional roller coaster things. So, uh, yeah, it's really an amazing experience. And I, I'm I'm so nosy. I just loved every single reading. What can I find out from this one? You know? oh, <laughs> the National Enquirer, right? God. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty life-changing. It's what you just said to me. I'm like still. I don't even know. It's it's still getting. It's still. I'm I'm in. Can you imagine that the little girl? I mean, that's just like wow, and and that affects everybody in the audience. So you know, that one reading will affect everyone. You know? I, I, I can't. Even, and 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 you too. Yeah, oh, me too. To oh, without core. a doubt. Without a doubt. You know, I'll be using that in another book I do for sure. That was an incredible, incredible moment. So, you know. Oh, what a gift you are. Seriously. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Wendy. New York Times bestselling author, psychic medium, spiritual. You have all these new things happening. Your healing yeah. garden, which, oh my God, I can't wait to experience that. Healing garden. Your James yeah. Van Prague School online, which is. Yeah, like, the JVP School of Mystical Arts. Yeah. I, I, I'm. I've already done one of them. I'm going to do more. So I'm going to be with Go you every single night, <laughs> obsessing over you, stalking you online. <laughs> Yeah, free meditations on the page, and yeah, people can do a lot of different things there. I learn from you every single time, and the, I think the greatest gift that you gave to me was to teach me to wish for everyone, like I said at the beginning, everything. Perfect. And to just put out there, and to man, you've taught me to manifest. like And, and wish a good, a good, everything good. Say everything good. Everything wish good. Everything good. Everything yep. good. Yep. Everything good that we have a focus because on. Because when it. I yeah. go one day, I don't want to meet anybody that I heard. I always want to have a kind word for everybody. Yeah, you want to make someone's life better just just for having to meet you. Which, by the way, you are. Because every time I talk to you, you're so sweet and loving. And um, not a lot of radio people are. Oh, thank you, James. <laughs> but, but, no, you are. And it's just, you know, and when you do that, everyone you meet every day, you, you just be yourself and sweet and loving and kind. And you want to leave this world, when you, when you look back at your life with your life review, you want to look back and be very proud of the life you left 
you left, and you want to make the earth a better place than it was when you found it, right? Absolutely. The Ridgefield Playhouse is one of his favorite places. Of course, it's my home. <laughs> I come out, I, I really uh, introduce myself to people who, a lot of people have never been before to a medium. They don't know what it is. They think it's, you know, the crystal ball thing or, or Tris Caputo. They don't know what it really is like. So I explain about what mediumship is. I explain about um, what happens when we pass, what happens when we die, what to expect. I also talk about um, how the spirit world communicates with us through dreams and different ways, the signs that they give us. And then I bring the audience through um, a question and answer period if they have questions about anything they can ask. And then I do a med- slight meditation um, to just relax them. And then I bring messages through for a good part of the time we're there. And at the very, very end, I do an exercise where they uh, get the opportunity to feel the spirit around them, to feel one sp- a spirit around them, who it might be. And I just give them this space to experience that. And a lot of people just start crying their eyes out. They love it. And they feel so complete. And yeah, it's a full night. And uh, they leave. You know, they come in. Some people come in depressed and upset. And they leave floating on a cloud. Oh. So it's, it's great. I can't believe anyone would leave depressed. No, they don't. They become very. They're very changed. <laughs> so. they, they have to be because you've yeah. changed my life. Every time I talk to you, and every time I read about you, and every time I read one of your books, or or go online and do, I, I, I've I learn so much. It's like you're such a gift to everybody. Thank you. Well, wow, thank you very much. You know, if, if only you could speak to the entire world one day, which you're Yeah, you're I mean, close yeah, to. we got to put that out there that they get that sense of being responsible and mindful. Yeah. Yeah. But it'll happen one day. Right. Because we wish everything, everybody, everything good, right, James? That's right. Wish everything good. I, until we meet again. Until we meet again, Wendy. <laughs> Go to the forest and may everything be good in your way. You're the best. Thank you so much. Thanks, sweetheart. Thanks. Bye so now. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 